Over one million absentee ballots. Voters have requested those in the state already. Uh, they have returned about 400,000 of them. Well, officials still want people to exercise their right to vote. It does not have to be in person, but officials want people to plan ahead. The COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic upended an already chaotic election season across the country and in Wisconsin. I spoke with state and politics reporter Riley Vetterkind about the new obstacles candidates, poll workers, and voters face as they get ready to cast their ballot during the Wisconsin spring elections. Riley, uh, what and who will Wisconsin voters see on the ballot during the upcoming election? Sure. So, yeah, we do have an election. So far, I believe it will be on April 7th. A lot of things are up in the air right now with court challenges, but it is an important election. The most important races statewide are for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And so that race is between Jill Karofsky, who is the challenger. Uh, She's supported by Democrats. She currently serves as a Dane County District Judge, or Circuit Judge, rather, in the Dane County Circuit Court. So she she is a trial judge and and often takes a lot of criminal cases, although she has highlighted uh, her civil experience as well. And then her, her challenger is the incumbent, uh, Dan Kelly, who is supported by conservatives. Uh, he has been on the court, uh, the Supreme Court, since 2016, when he was chosen by Governor Scott Walker to take the place of David Prosser, who served in that role until 2016, but decided to retire. And so to fill out his term, Walker chose Kelly. And now Kelly is running for statewide election for the first time. He didn't have to, to face voters in 2016 at all. Uh, and so that is, you know, one of the most important statewide races we're looking at. It's on a seven-member court. So while it doesn't have the ability to flip the, the conservative, uh, liberal lean of the court this year, if a liberal-supported candidate does, uh, so if Karofsky wins this year, then it opens up the ability for Democratic-supported Supreme Court candidates to win later on, I believe as is, is close as 2023. If Kelly uh, cements his spot on the court for another 10 years, then that possibility becomes a bit more difficult, uh, pushing it to, I believe, at least mid-decade. So that's kind of the importance of that race. I mean, uh, we can go on and on about the importance of the Supreme Court, but they deal with a lot of issues related to state law. You know, they, they set precedent for future courts, so a lot of their decisions are not only binding in the moment, but will be looked at by future justices of the court. And so it's a pretty big deal, and it's, it's often overlooked compared to the presidential race or compared to a governor's race, but um, it's a very important spot. And then another big race, probably not as big as it could have been, uh, is the presidential primary. So we have both uh, the Republican and Democratic primaries. Republican one isn't quite as contentious. Uh, well, in fact, it's not really contentious at all because Donald Trump is on the ballot. He's supported by the vast majority of Republicans. There might be one challenger, if that, I think, on the ballot. But, you know, Republicans who support Trump aren't, aren't taking that seriously at all. So, so that'll be a win for Trump on the Tuesday ballot. But, um, you know, lots of Republicans are still going to be voting in the race for both local elections and for the Supreme Court race. And then there's the Democratic presidential primary, and that features Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. A Marquette poll showed that Biden has, uh, I think, about 62% of the support of Wisconsin Democratic uh, voters. 
compared to a lot smaller margin for Sanders. I think it's in the 20s or 30s. This is a bit of a turn of events from February when Sanders was leading. Um, but the big difference there was uh, it was a lot more crowded of a primary. And a lot of the Super Tuesday states uh, had not voted yet. Once, once it became clear uh, after Biden's several wins on, on Super Tuesday that it would be a lot more difficult for Sanders to, to get the nomination, I think a lot, of, a lot more people started um, going in that direction. And then the other thing uh, on the Wisconsin ballot, so a bigger issue is Marcy's Law, which is a constitutional amendment that is proposed and put on the ballot to give crime victims constitutional rights there's a whole list of them, uh, and it's a pretty contentious issue. Marcy's Law has been implemented in a few states. A lot of people uh, have mixed reviews of what this ballot initiative would do. Crime victims and those who support them say it would allow for them to, to be more fairly treated, uh, and it would give them more, more rights to, to what they view as a, as a fair trial. While opponents of the measure often say that, that this creates more complications that tip the scales for people who are alleging crimes. So those are the major uh, statewide races on the ballot. This is taking place in the middle of a global health crisis. How has COVID-19 affected the upcoming election in Wisconsin? It's, it's created a huge, huge change for campaigns right now. A lot of campaigns, despite the fact that they are digitally focused, you know, they just can't do them as effectively without a personal touch, uh, without having in-person rallies and without their candidates meeting voters uh, or going to even um, uh, debates with other candidates. You know, a lot of those, most of those, if not all, have been have been canceled um, either for to, to clear up the airways for more coronavirus coverage or to uh, just keep the candidates themselves safe. You know, a lot of those opportunities to reach out and to sway voters uh, have been eliminated, and so they've resorted to um, exclusively events via like FaceTime or Google Hangout or or Facebook Live. There, there's just something lost with that connection. Fundraising has become a bit more difficult, especially as the economy uh, is, is a lot more unstable now. Another big factor here uh, with with this election is, you know, even though the election is still scheduled to go on in person, we are almost getting to the point where more people have requested absentee ballots than all the voters who voted in person and absentee in last year's spring election. I mean, so far, more than a million uh, Wisconsinites have, have requested to vote absentee. It's really harder for, for a campaign to make a last-minute push to voters because over a million people uh, or near that already have their ballots. And I think as of yesterday, more than 300,000 people have had already returned their ballots. And so, you know, decisions in this, in this race have been made a lot earlier than, than they were in previous races. And on top of that, there's so much uncertainty about whether the election will occur at all uh, or whether it will be all, entirely male. Uh, it's just, it's chaotic. That's, you know, that's the best way to describe it. Election officials reporting they're short about 7,000 workers ahead of next week's election. A number of people are planning to vote in person on Election Day. But the Wisconsin State Journal recently ran a story about a significant percentage of poll workers who have said that they don't plan to show up on Election Day due to fear of catching or spreading the COVID-19 coronavirus. 
So how could that decrease in poll workers affect the elections in Wisconsin? Our paper reported recently, uh, I think it was my colleague Mitch, reported that 60% of poll workers across the state were no longer planning to show up on election day. And so that creates a huge problem because not only is there a minimum amount of poll workers who need to be staffing uh, polling sites across uh, you know, cities and towns, this also, you know, if that doesn't happen, then they have to shut those polling sites down. They're struggling at the same time to find places, find polling sites, because a lot of the locations they would use, such as churches or schools or other locations, you know, are no longer allowed to be used. People are, are trying to prepare as best they can um, to consolidate polling sites. You know, at the same time, since so many people are voting via the mail, I would assume that a lot less are going to be going out to the polls on election day. But, you know, we could still see a lot of problems. I mean, in Milwaukee, I think they only have like 10 polling sites. They're not calling them centers because they've been so consolidated. I mean, for a city, you know, with, you know, 600,000 people or so, 10 polling sites is not a lot. That threatens to create more crowds, um, which is the very thing that, that health officials are warning against uh, to prevent the spread of the virus. Um, so a lot of people are concerned for their safety, both poll workers and voters. There just seem to be few workable solutions to all of it, um, although you know, there are several proposals to do, to either delay the election entirely or do it you know, entirely via the mail. Each presents its own cascade of problems. It's a really tough situation for everybody. There were three separate lawsuits heard in federal court on Wednesday in relation to Wisconsin elections. Could a ruling change the voting process? Well, um, you know, as we're speaking, we may see a ruling from the federal courts uh, as to, you know, whether the election can occur in person. And if so, what other measures there might be that could help voters and poll workers to get the election to run as smoothly as is possible in this situation. I don't think we'll see any legislative action or any action from the governor on this. I think both the governor and the legislature have made it pretty clear that the date of the election is set in statute and cannot be changed. Republicans aren't interested in coming in to change it. The governor has expressed what he wants to do. Uh, I believe he's proposed you know, an entirely mail-run election. He's not doing an executive order on that. So I think the, the last venue is for the courts, uh, which, you know, have a lot of discretion. It's a chaotic time. We could get a ruling at a chaotic time. So we'll have to see. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Jeff has the day off. We begin with breaking news just into our newsroom. Within the last half hour, a federal judge will not postpone Wisconsin's spring election and presidential primary this coming Tuesday, but he will extend the window to receive and request absentee ballots. A federal judge on Thursday rejected calls to push back Wisconsin's April 7th primary election, writing that while holding the election as planned is ill-advised during the COVID-19 pandemic, postponing the election is not something that he has the authority to do. In a 53-page ruling issued Thursday, U.S. District Judge William Conley criticized the political considerations he said influenced the decision of state officials, including Governor Tony Evers and the Republican leadership in the legislature, to hold the election despite the pandemic. 
Ruling in three separate lawsuits that were all heard together on Wednesday, Conley ordered that the deadline for the receipt of absentee ballots by local clerks be changed to 4 p.m. on April 13th. He also temporarily barred enforcement of a state law requiring absentee voters to get witness signatures for their ballots if they provide a written affirmation that they were unable to safely get a witness certification despite reasonable efforts. On Friday, Governor Tony Evers announced an executive order to call the Wisconsin legislature to meet in special session on Saturday, April 4th, at 4 p.m. to take up changes to the upcoming spring election. Evers is asking the legislature to allow an all-male election to send a ballot to every registered voter who has not already requested one by May 19th and to extend the time for those ballots to be received by May 26th. This is, as I've said, a rapidly evolving situation. I said that I would listen to the advice of the public health experts. I said I would let science be our guide, and we are. But as we face these challenges over the past few weeks, I have also asked the people of our state to do their part to help. Well, here's the bottom line, folks. If, as elected officials, we're going to expect the people of our state to make sacrifices to keep all of us safe, then by golly, we better be willing to do our part too. So today, I announce that I'm calling the legislature into special session to do its part, just as all of us are, to help keep our neighbors, our families, and our communities safe. Folks, I can't move this election or change the rules on my own. My hands are tied. And that's why I spoke to legislative leaders about this weeks ago. I even publicly called on them to act. They have made it clear they are unwilling to make changes. I was hopeful that the courts would intervene and help. And they did, in fact, implement some, but not all of the common sense changes I've been advocating for. All the while, I've moved ahead making plans to hold a safe and fair election. I've called up our National Guard to help meet staffing needs at polls across our state. I've worked to provide PPE, cleaning supplies, hand sanitizers, and pens for every polling location. But the bottom line is that I can't ignore the municipal leaders from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Waukesha that they have now significantly condensed the number of polling locations available, creating a dangerous situation where voters, staff, and volunteers will not be able to avoid large groups or practice social distancing when they go out to vote. This is a significant concern and a very unnecessary public health risk. I urge legislators to take this call for a special session seriously must do their part to ensure public safety by convening a special session tomorrow to take up an up or down vote to send a ballot to every registered voter by May 19th who hasn't already requested it and to extend the time for those ballots to be received by May 26th. It's time for the legislature to do its part just like all of us are to help keep each other safe. On Saturday, the Republican-led Wisconsin legislature gaveled the special session to order and gaveled out seconds later without taking up the governor's request. A number of Wisconsin mayors, including those in Madison, Milwaukee, Green Bay, and La Crosse, issued a letter on Sunday to the Wisconsin Department of Health Secretary Andrea Palm asking her to use emergency powers to stop in-person voting on Tuesday. From the Wisconsin State Journal, I'm Elizabeth Beyer.
Thanks for listening to Front Page, a podcast that takes a look at some of the State Journal's most interesting recent stories. You can find this podcast on our website at www.madison.com slash WSJ, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify.